Beers and Banter, episode 25, Boomers Bust. Broncos, could they be the second team in Brisbane? And we've got Black Ops Brewery in the house. Let's do it. Govs, welcome to the Sweaty Box. Mate, thanks for having me. No worries. Big Red. Dilsey. Gov, how are you, mate? Very good. Uh, it's good to be here drinking some beers on a Monday afternoon. What so else would you rather be doing? Exactly. I've just left myself without one. What are we starting on here? Oh, well, let's, uh, let's find a starting place. Maybe grab, uh, grab us some beers and we'll crack them and go through them. Bit of fun. Bit of fun. Bit of fun. That's a good place to start. You got one of those, Dilsey? No, I'm just finishing the send it, but I'll have one. We'll, I'll have one. we'll send it and I'll then we'll have, have a bit one of, of those. Fun. So, nearly upgraded the uh, the podcast studio over the weekend. One lotto last week. It's obvious. Solid ten dollars ninety from the uh, from the news agent. Reinvest this week. Yeah, reinvest. Well, unfortunately, I didn't even cover what what it cost me to put the ticket on, but we'll get there. Big weekend of sports. Yeah, mate. It's uh, finals time. No better time of the year. The NRL and the AFL finals. It's all starting to happen now. It is. It is a tough year for Queensland. I think everyone from uh, the Broncos, the Lions, and even the uh, is it the Sunshine Coast Lightning got dusted on the weekend. Yeah, it's um, been a rough year, and not much left now for for the Queensland teams. Broncos yesterday were. Uh, did they turn up? No, no. That was. Uh, there's talk already online that they could be the team relocated to Brisbane. <laughs> That's how bad they went yesterday. I actually threw up a couple of things, a couple of options. What about this? You know, I think the team, people in Sydney, you get online and they want more teams in Sydney. So I'm thinking maybe the Bondi Broncos. Thoughts? Well, I've got three Titans fans right here. <laughs> so as long as one of the one of the teams that relocates is not the Titans, we're probably all happy. Exactly right. Roosters to Fiji. And then you can take the Bondi Broncos or the Bunbury Broncos over there in WA. Balmain Broncos. Might be onto something, Red. Anyway, obviously I'm poking a little bit of fun. They're the, probably the most protected team in the competition. Channel 9 executives would have been crying last night when they were knocked out because can't see many Queenslanders watching much footy this weekend. But uh, maybe the South Queensland Storm becomes the team. Maybe. Maybe. Not a lot of sympathy for them online either with the big uh, touch judge mistake on the weekend. Did you see that, Govs? I did not, mate. I've been travelling around the country flogging beers. Well, well, we, let, let's get into a bit of that. The bloody the touch judges are hopeless. Uh, I think they're redundant now. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously all year, well, ever since this, the bunkers come into the NRL, there's been controversy and good points and bad points. But for me, when the replay clearly shows that the player didn't touch the line and they've got a good 30 seconds to a minute before the next player, how they can't pull it back. Yeah, so basically what happened, Melbourne player went up, catches the ball and f- and falls to the ground right off next an, to the... Off a short kickoff. Right next to the sideline. His hand almost touches the line, but doesn't. Mm. Touchy puts his flag up. By the time the players have walked to the scrum, the whole country can see that he wasn't out. But they, they just... They just let it be. That's that sounds like uh, footy sport. finals week to me. Yeah, controversy everywhere. Well, and to paint the picture, they're down by six or eight at the time. Six at the to, time. To be honest, that they'd, they'd lost. The storm were behind, 
and it was, you know, they'd already lost the game, but it well, robbed no, them of that last opportunity. Yeah, but they were down by six, two minutes to go, short kickoff. They should have had the ball back with probably a full set yeah. to go. Um, for me, I just don't know why why they don't overrule that. I mean, for me, that's why the bunker's there. I think, uh, yeah, I think touch charges are redundant. I know there's, there's uh, we just before we went to air, the Graham Annesley's trying to, you know, put it out there that people need to stop bagging them and there's been a bit of mental health talk there today from uh, Darius Boyd from the Broncos and I get that, everyone's, we're all humans here but the fact that the system is wrong and that it, the whole country knew it wasn't out by the time I got to the scrum, it should have just been go back, play the ball, play on. Mm. It's, it baffles me, have the technology and then, and then they ignore it when, when it suits them. But the, uh, the funny thing is, I think there's a lot of New South Welshmen that were probably happy with the call, being Melbourne on the on oh, the end of it. There is zero zero love for Melbourne online at the moment. Lot, yeah, a lot of people uh, a lot of people happy that it was Melbourne that copped a copped the wrong end of the stick for once. Yes, yep. So this week, but full credit to Canberra too. They were uh, they took it to Melbourne. That's the last two times now they've beaten Melbourne. They're, um, they're looking real good. Yeah, they are. They obviously go to Canberra now, week off, and go to Canberra for a prelim. Do they get to play it in Canberra? Well, I think it's scheduled yeah. for Canberra, home okay. game. Um, so, yeah, I think everyone everyone that doesn't have their side still left in the comms probably cheering for Canberra. All neutral supporters, I think, will be going for Canberra now. So so the Eels go to Melbourne this week. Eels play Melbourne and, and Rabbits Man- and Manly. Rabbits and Manly. That'll be, uh, that'll be interesting. So, Govs, a bit of fun. What's Give us a bit of a story behind this one. What are we drinking here? Yeah, mate, so this is uh, a beer that we just recently released. It was uh, our last limited release, uh, monthly limited release for the year. Uh, so Bit of Fun is a beer that has made a bit of a comeback. Uh, it was a beer that we released many, many years ago, um, back before we had our own brewery. And it was a little bit of a, a mistake gone right. Uh, so it was one of the first batches of pale ale that we ever brewed. And uh, we accidentally double hopped it <laughs> into the whirlpool and... Um, <laughs> She came out a little bit too bitter, so uh, we couldn't sell it as a pale ale. It was pretty strong. It was quite, quite intense, and uh, but we actually started to fall in love with it and, and really, really enjoy the taste. And we started giving it out to a few of our mates around and kind of told them what we did. And uh, one of them said, "Oh, it sounds like you guys had a bit of fun." And um, like I don't know if you if you realise, but that's actually like a killer name in our industry. So we <laughs> thought we'd uh, we thought we'd release it under that name and. Uh, yeah, a couple of years later, we we decided to re- bring it back. That's one point seven standard drinks. So you're in an Uber, big guy on the way home. Yeah, she's a big one. So this is um, it's a double dry hopped, hoppy Australian pale ale. So yeah, five point seven percent. It goes good. Yeah, it's a nice beer. Does the does the black? I noticed we got some lined up here with obviously a normal silver and but the black can. Does that mean anything? So the the black can. So we've got black cans and black lids and uh, and some silver lids there as well. So uh, the black can is uh, our staple across the range. Um, we've got some black lids there uh, that we use for our limited releases. Okay. So they're a little bit little bit special. They look a little bit tougher. They look good. Why cans? Why cans? I mean, there's, there's it's a really good question, and there's a, a number of answers to that. Um, firstly, to do with the, the the integrity of the beer and, and how cans actually uh, have the potency to protect beer better and store beer better because obviously they uh, protect against light uh, first and foremost. Uh, they, they can create a good seal, so they're good at keeping oxygen out 
Um, they store really well. They're environmental. Um, you can take them on planes. You can take them to festivals. Yeah. Uh, but I think the number one thing is they're just popular. Yeah. Uh, there was a big shift from bottles to cans about five years ago. Uh, and now it's kind of almost uh, strange to drink out of a bottle. Yeah. Yeah, you notice a lot of the craft beer companies now doing doing cans. Absolutely. And uh, a lot of the big guys are, are moving to it as well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's That's it's true. good for the beer. It's it's good for the environment. Y- you uh, guys are only cans and obviously kegs? We're, we're purely cans now. Um, we do do glass growlers and squealers at yep. the taproom. Yep. Um, but we we went out of bottles uh, like three years ago. Oh, cool. Yeah, righto. Well, I'm going to sip on this for a bit longer. You got any AFL news, Dilsey? Mate, um, obviously Brisbane Lions talking about Queensland teams. The Lions are now gone after a three-point defeat on the weekend to Greater Western Sydney. I thought there'd be more people. It seemed like there was a few empty seats in the crowd. Definitely compared to the week before. Yeah. Um, obviously, Richmond have got a massive supporter base. So yeah, you know, there would have been probably half, well, 40% of supporters a week before were Richmond supporters. Yep. GWS are a new team. Obviously, from Sydney, probably not as many support, definitely not as many supporters as Richmond. So, hence probably why the crowd was down a little bit, but still a pretty good atmosphere. Um, I don't know what the exact number was, but um, you know, Brisbane took it to them. They started off slow; they were down by four goals. GWS kicked the first four goals, and then they fought back, hit the lead, and then sort of went back and forwards in the last quarter. And and GWS got them with about a minute to go. And yeah, disappointing to go out in straight sets for the Lions, but I think. Um, they've really got something to build on for next year. They'll get better from that, you know. Lo- losing a year, like all those, all those blokes have got a lot more experience now. They know they can win footy, and now they've had a taste of semi-finals footy. I would say, look out, twenty twenty, that they'll go good. Yeah, I mean that they're probably twelve months ahead of where everyone expected them to be. I think everyone knew they were on the way up, but they got to well second on the ladder probably earlier than what everyone expected to. So they'll definitely be around next year and, and one of the teams to beat. What about? Um, What's old mate's name that's in trouble again with the judiciary there? Toby Green. Yeah. Eye gouging. Out. Grub. Uh, well, Lockie Neal, who was the player that was was attacked, has actually come out and said that it wasn't the eye region, so that may help him. Wasn't. Wasn't the eye region, yeah. yeah. So he's he's gone into bat for Toby. So he may, he may get off. Um, I mean, he's one of their best players, so GWS would definitely be hoping that He's there this week when they take on Collingwood. Yeah, righto. And then Richmond Geelong in the other prelim this week. So the AFL's a week ahead of the NRL, obviously. With so the first time in a few years that we're not yeah, going to have they normally grand play final back weekend. To back weekends, but yeah. um, that's good. It means you get to have two big weekends in a row. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Plenty of this stuff over a couple of weeks in a row. Um, who, who do you reckon? You got Pies versus GWS, Geelong, Richmond. Who's in the GF? Oh, I think Collingwood, Richmond, which. Would be massive for Melbourne. I mean, they're two the biggest clubs in the competition. You won't be able to get a ticket to the it'll final. It'll be, it'll be a hundred thousand plus. It's a big MCG. UFC same weekend in Melbourne, which I don't know whether that's strategic the from AFL, them or. I think the AFL final might be a bit bigger than that. Yeah, but I don't know whether they've done it on purpose to to get the flow on. Can you imagine spending the day at the footy and then walking from there to Marvel and uh, into the UFC? That'd be pretty cool. You'd have to have some deep pockets to afford both of those. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the UFC, they won't miss you with a ticket. Big crowd. Uh, Adesanya, Whitaker, that one will be. Okay. Probably one of the Can't biggest. Can't wait. Probably one of the biggest martial arts events 
Australia scene, I would say, mm. for the title. Yeah, so four teams left in the AFL, so um, be interesting to see what happens this week. Yeah, righto. Uh, Ashes. We, we've got it. We've won the urn or retained the urn. Felt a little yeah, bit hollow waking up this morning. Retaining is, is not the word we wanted to wake doesn't up to. Doesn't feel the no. same, does it? No, not when we, we knew we could have got it. Yeah, bowling first. We won the toss and bowled. I, I was scratching my head. I feel like that was protecting Warner. You know, they were, they, what was going well, on there? I heard Langer come out and say that he was actually protecting the bowlers. Um, so they didn't have to do too much of a workload, which didn't make sense it to me. Make sense. But how about um, you get them, give them a day's rest? Bob that's Adam? what I would have thought. Um, yeah. Anyway, it turned out it was probably the well, it was the wrong decision. You can't um, expect Steve Smith to make back to back to back to back to back. So he didn't score as big. Matty Wade made some runs overnight. Which yeah, good. and obviously Warner failed again. I mean, it's does he play? Sure, the, does he play the summer? Done now. I reckon he gets an innings. I reckon he'll he'll play the first first. Well, he'll get two innings. So the next. The next time they play a test is in Australia. Yeah, November, Pakistan mm. versus Pakistan. Sorry. Yeah, I mean he might get a crack at a, a shield, well, not a shield game, but a you know a trial game or something beforehand maybe. Now Tim Payne has done what Ricky Ponting, Michael Clark, and Steve Smith couldn't, and that's that's retain the Ashes or win the Ashes on English soil. In saying that, how long has he got as captain, realistically? Wow, you've got he's not really making runs, and he's not the best wicket keeper in the country. No, but I mean, who who do they bring back in? Does it is it too yeah. sh- is it too is there been enough time with Smith out of the the scene for now bring him back in or hundred percent he's my captain. <laughs> what I mean, a, well, we we probably sat here and like, I would have roasted him when it happened, but hundred percent he he's the he's the backbone of that team. He's at first slip, so. How much of the decisions is he already making? 100% for me, Steve Smith's the captain. There's, now there are people be blowing a gasket and they just unfollowed us. But, I, you know, yeah, I get it. it, it they, that crew caused a, lot of, uh, caused a lot of heartache or a lot of embarrassment for cricket fans. But in all honesty, captains of other countries have done way or just as bad and uh, copped a one or two week. Uh, ban and back at it. So. Yeah, and uh, like he, they definitely copped it pretty hard. Yep. But they've also look at Steve Smith. He he took it on the chin and uh, and really earned his way back into that team. Yeah. Well, I think the other thing too is as you look through the current eleven or twelve players, there's no other standout captain in waiting of the current squad we've got. Someone said Labashane maybe, but he's brand new in there. Yeah, and he, I, I mean, he hasn't captained a state or a. You know, any other form of... What about one of the big bowlers? Yeah, maybe like a Cummins, possibly, or... Because you also need a captain that the country can get behind and and get excited about. Yeah, And I think what Steve Smith has just done in this Ashes series is... I mean, if that hasn't won everyone over um, that was sort of on the other side of the fence, I don't know what else he has to do. From a performance point of view, I mean, it's second to none that series he's had just gone... Yeah, but yeah, I definitely think Payne is his day. He, you know, the Australian summer might be the end for him. They might give him another summer just as a bit of a thank you. Yeah, and I mean, you've got Carey sitting there as a as a backup keeper, who um, I don't know if he's as good a keeper, but I think he's definitely as good a batsman. Um, well, you got Matt Wade. Wade, yeah, actually again, making he's, runs. Yeah, 
Yeah, play him as a keeper. I mean, he's a little bit older too, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Right, uh, do we want to? How you guys going on those? It's, it's not right. bad this one. I'm good, but if you want to crack some others and we can try some different beers, I think we and, and we should. We should. Um, I'm pretty keen on hearing, uh, given having a taste of this eggnog stout. Is that, is that where it all started? It is. So that's uh, one of the reasons I brought it uh, along today for you guys to try. Uh, that was the beer that uh, started Black Ops. So I rewind about uh, five years ago. It was uh, myself, Dan and Eddie um, in the garage doing our first ever homebrew. Um, and in saying that, like I'd been a commercial brewer at that stage for about four or five years. Yeah. So um, while brewing wasn't new to me, home brewing was. Uh, and my first one happened to be the eggnog stout. Uh, and then before we knew it, we just kind of got really carried away. <laughs> now, now, how do you... What did you do, like, what what led you to brewing, to be a professional brewer? Like, did you did you go to uni or did you straight yeah, out of kind school? Of, I, I didn't follow the um, the cookie-cutter path that, that most brewers have um, from kind of my generation because uh, there wasn't a lot of uh, training or study resources or opportunities available back then. Uh, there still kind of isn't, but it's definitely getting a lot better. So um, I had no idea that you could be a brewer yeah. when I was in high school. Um, I wish they'd, they'd mentioned that one, <laughs> and I probably would have dropped out. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I was—I uh, kind of coached through my early twenties, doing just drinking instead of brewing. Yeah, doing every every job under the sun, and and getting bored pretty quickly of each one of them, um, and all the while having this kind of passion for good beer. Uh, and it wasn't craft beer back then; it was they kind of called it boutique beer. Yeah, but was a bit wanky. Mm. But uh, I just called it good beer, and. Um, I couldn't get enough of it, and uh, it actually wasn't until I went on my first ever brewery tour, uh, which was at Burley Brewing here on the Gold Coast, yep. uh, back oh, 2006, 2007, when they first started, and uh, I just remember going on the tour, and, and Brennan was there giving it, and I was kind of listening to the story and watching the, the brewers walking around doing brewing jobs, mm. uh, and that's when it kind of dawned on me that you know this was a a career opportunity and uh, you could actually go to work and make beer every day. Yep. So I've, I went home and um, wondered how the hell do you get into this? Uh, and so there was no TAFE course. You can go to uni. There was a couple of uni degrees. Uh, I think one was in Ballarat and one was in WA. But it was more of like a food science postgrad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it wasn't like a craft brewing course. Uh, so I just did whatever I thought I could and um, I went to the library the next day and I hired out every book on brewing hey. uh, and just kind of taught myself as much as I could uh, and uh, put my resume in at every little brew shop and microbrewery in the land and uh, I scored a job at a little microbrewery here on the Gold Coast. Uh, it was called You Brew It yep. back in the day. Yep. Uh, so I started out there just kind of sweeping floors and pouring beers and uh, they eventually kind of showed me how to brew and uh, I went on to to manage that place and then uh, I did some further study online uh, through an international college to get uh, some more brewing uh, kind of experience and knowledge and uh, then I eventually went on to work at some bigger breweries and uh, Burley Brewing was one of them yep. um, and then uh, I was at uh, Fortitude Brewing up at Mount Tambourine. Oh yeah, you're going to be there. Yeah, so that's uh, that was where the, the spark for Black Ops kind of started. Um, we were up at the bar, up at Fortitude, drinking a few beers, and uh, Eddie started telling me this story about 
a beer that he had an idea to brew, which was this Irish stout with cinnamon, vanilla, and nutmeg, uh, and he called it the eggnog stout. Oh, really? And uh, and I was, you know, we were enough beers deep at that point that, you know, we were we were full of courage, and I said to him, you know what? I've literally just built my first ever homebrew setup, and I'm just kind of looking for something to make. Look, let's come back next weekend and brew this yeah. eggnog stout. So, so sure enough, we did. So, uh, so it reads: a dry Irish stout with subtle notes of nutmeg, cinnamon, vanilla bean, and French brandy. It showcases a mild bitterness through the use of roasted barley and a generous late hop addition. Our first commercial release and a beer that is close to our heart. Absolutely. I'm ready. We better have one on get that into it. So this literally comes from the backyard. Oh, it did, it. yeah. So it, it was the first beer we ever brewed in, in the garage. Oh. And um, I'm glad to say we've been brewing it ever since. That's great. And is it still the same recipe from Day Dot? It, it's, yeah, essentially the same recipe. It's um, like it's scaled up. The first batch we did was like uh, 15 litres. Uh, and now we're brewing, you know, two and a half, three thousand litres of it at a time. So That's nice. That's real good. I've never never been into like dark beers, but that is that's no, sensational. We, that was kind of when we first brought it out. When when we did our first commercial batch of this beer, it was uh, over summer in Queensland, uh, late two thousand and fifteen. Uh, and as you can imagine, uh, back then there wasn't a lot of stouts in in summer, particularly in Queensland. So we wanted to to bring out a dark beer that um, people wouldn't be too intimidated by, yep. uh, and one that you could have a couple of schooners on. Eggnog stout, I like it. It's a nice beer. So that's available through bottle shops or just just at the uh, Black Ops. We we sell it out of our tap rooms. There are yep. some bottle shops that stock it. Uh, it's not in you know every every outlet under the sun. So can people walk into uh, Black Ops and and just buy a carton? Like is that is that good for you guys commercially? That obviously selling direct or absolutely like it it just gives us a great opportunity to to talk face to face with our customers um, yep. and not just our customers but our, our locals uh and build that kind of relationship and and community um so we're not just a, a business making a product we're actually part of part of burley and part of the gold mm. coast well, it's, I, i'm really glad you've come on i guess the 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 origins of this show uh dylan and i used to work together and we were driving around the car spent way too much time together um, obviously, Dilsey's got a bit of a sporting background. I like talking about sports. But what we're really passionate about is the Gold Coast, and it really irks us. And you said you're a Titans fan before we before we got started. It, it irks me that the rest of the country thinks the Gold Coast is this wasteland. And I even saw it, saw it online. Oh, you know, the Gold Coast is like Las Vegas. It's a party town, and there should be no sports teams there. Um, it, it irks me. I think this is this is... There's only one place I like more than the Gold Coast, and that's probably the sunny coast, and that's because that's where I was born up there. And uh, it, it's one of the greatest places on earth to. I definitely lifestyle. know what you mean. Yeah, uh, like I was born born and bred on the Gold Coast, uh, yep. and there's not many of us uh, like that. Uh, growing up, people would be like, uh, "Where are you from?" And I'd say the Gold Coast, and they'd be like, "I oh, know where you're actually from." Yeah. Uh, and a lot of my mates, after high school and uni, they all moved away because there was a lot of job opportunities back then. Yeah. Uh, so we lost, we were losing all of our youth and lo- using all of our our skills, uh, and we did have that kind of reputation from the rest of the country as yeah. uh, a tourist destination and a bit tacky. And it's kind of like, particularly for us, worked in our favour because we've had a little bit of an edge and a head start because we know how good it is here. Yeah, and we know that 
once you come here and, and once you experience it, it's a beautiful place to live. It's a beautiful place to have a business. The, mm. the funny thing is there used to be a sign at Tugan and it was ticking over constantly of like people moving to the Gulf Coast and it was like 1,500 people a week or something were coming. It's, a, it's the greatest place in Australia to live. Now, I get it. There, there's certain aspects of the Gulf Coast that aren't great. But as far as a sporting team destination or... I, to be honest, I reckon we've, we've, we've got the best uh, beers, y- yourselves included, within 10Ks of here. Like, Absolutely. In the country, some of the, the best... Cru- well, maybe Stonewood's a little bit further away, but... Some we, we, we call Stonewood part of the Gold Coast. Yeah, And we talk sure. in that mm. regard just, um, you know, because, you know, they, they're the original gangsters of this yeah. of this industry. Yeah. They're just down the road. Yeah, so... So where I was getting to is that th- this podcast was sort of born out of, like, a love for the Gold Coast and wanting to highlight... You know, the amount of athletes that are on the Gold Coast, but then the amount of cool people that base themselves on the Gold Coast and 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 yourselves included. You, you guys are you're hitting very 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 high, and uh, I've sort of it's good to notice, and I really appreciate you coming in. So it's it's been good, um, and, and that's what I want to do more is it uh, really pump up the Gold Coast because I th- I think it it is one of the best places in Australia. So you, you talked earlier about your I can't remember what you call them, but you basically your where you can go and taste the beer or go and buy the beer. Brew, uh, what do you call our, our tasting rooms, yeah. Tasting rooms, yeah. So there's Burley and... Yeah, Pedro so we've, we've got two sites on the Gold Coast. Yeah. Um, Burley, which is where we, we started, uh, and our original site. So it's... Uh, and it has a little a tasting room or a tap room attached to it. So tap can, room, that's what yeah, I... Yeah, tap room, tasting room. Um, so you can go in there. We've got 14 beers on tap. Um, you can sit down. You can have a beer. You can get a tasting paddle, try a few. We've got takeaway options. Um... There's different options for food and eating and all that stuff. We don't have a kitchen on site, but we do some deals with the, the businesses in the area. Yeah. And we get food trucks in. And um, we've just uh, seven months ago opened a, a new production facility up in Bigger Waters, okay. which kind of mirrors the the plan um, for Burley. So it's got the same facilities, and um, but it's just much, much bigger. Mm, cool. So at the moment, you're only um, you only export locally or... Australia-wide or...? So, um, as of this weekend, we're, we're now distributing um, from North Queensland right down to Tassie. Yeah. Um, so, I just got back from Tassie yesterday where we did our, our first launch down there. Um, so, we've got a bunch of uh, bottle shops and venues online. Um, we also go down to South Australia, right up through Victoria, New South Wales. So, for all our South Australian fans, where, where can they go and get some Black Ops cans? You can jump on our website. We do have a beer finder. Um app which kind of you type in your location and it'll, it'll bring up the local venues yep. that, that have our beer yeah uh, and it's usually pretty up to date cool um i like it how hard was it to go that that step from you you were obviously you're a professional brewer but that step to, to go out of your comfort zone and go right oh well, i'm going to leave this safe job and we're going it we're going alone it was was pretty easy actually, and I, I think I don't know how much of that came down to naive, naivety. Yep. Um, but um, I've, I've always been a, a risk taker and, and a little bit reckless. Um, but also, uh, I'd been in the profession for long enough that I had a confidence in what I did. Mm. Yep. Um, that I could, you know, brew beer, and um, you know, I saw the insides of how a brewery ran, and um, but also I had that support with Dan and Eddie bringing a lot more to that table because making beer is is the first step yep what's the what's the hardest thing i've 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 been listen trying to listen to a few you guys have got your own podcast series so give give them a plug if you like but i've been been trying to listen is the hardest thing about obviously being successful that 
Now you've got to staff your operation. What, what's the hardest thing about? Yeah, absolutely. I think the hardest part about running a business is is the running the business side of things. Yep. Um, and it's something that every small business has in common. And uh, that's something we've kind of been able to engage with um, our customers and our followers through our podcast <laughs> is yep. that, um, you know, running a running a brewery is hard, but it's it's as hard as running any small business. You know, mm. you've got um, you know, finances to, to consider. Uh, breweries are a very capital-heavy industry. Yep. Um, we have to spend an incredible amount of money to, to build the uh, equipment um, to make the beer that we mm. do. No doubt. Is it a golden age for craft beer? Is it? Uh, I think it, it absolutely is. I but mean, because like you said, when 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 I first started drinking beer, it was like Forex Gold or VB. Yeah, that I think we've it. we've kind of gone back to the days where every town has its own brewery. Yeah, which um, it, which, which yeah, is great. Cool. Um, and it was we could kind of see that consumer um, direction happening. Outside of beer, is that very like an English thing? Like every pub had it basically its own little yeah, brewery. Yeah, I think it's got to do with people are now um, they're kind of getting disconnected to big corporations and they're looking for local connections. Mm. And yep. you know, you look at farmers markets and butchers and bakers now; they're everywhere, and people thrive on it because they they know where the product's coming from, but also they have this con- connection with that source, yeah. and, yep. and that's really important for them. So. Uh, that becomes harder because you not only just have to market a product and sell it to someone, um, you've now got to f- live up to and fulfil their expectations and uh, and put yourself on the label as much as the product. So, so it is a bit of a golden age for craft beer, but is, is it also making it harder now? Like, So not only are you competing with the big multinationals, but... You are competing with 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 a lot of craft beers, like that. You know, like you said, every town's got its own brewery now, yeah. but you guys are penetrating well. So you're obviously doing a good job of it. But is it is it a hard slog? Absolutely, and uh, I think com- competition is good for every industry, and it's great for consumers. Yeah. Uh, for us, like when we first started, I think there was three hundred odd breweries in the country. Mm. Um, that number is more than doubled in, yep. in the past four years. So if it, the competition is getting tougher, um, but we're, we're, we thrive on that. We're, we're very competitive in our nature. So it makes it a lot harder for us to, to do what we do, but we love it that way. Hmm. You catch any of the basketball over the weekend? Not a lot. I'm a bit of a bandwagon guy. Whatever's going. <laughs> Whatever Australia's competing at, I, I like, to, like to get on board. And I, I said to Dilsey a couple of weeks ago, I said, the boomers are looking good here. We're going to win. He said, no, nah, USA all the way. They're gonna, they're Got gonna, that wrong, They've gone about seventh. The Aussies were one point, or they're, they're basically one shit call from from the gold medal silver medal match. Uh, so far, so much so that Andrew Bogut was uh, making. Oh, he, he was he, he was blowing happy. a gasket at the end yeah. of that Spain game and, and then insinuating that maybe FIBA might have influenced that decision. I, I watched that semi final. Yeah, um, and I was into it, I, and they definitely had a few calls right or wrong. We're probably a little bit one eyed being Australians, but. Never. Definitely had a few calls that could have gone either way that went against us, but you know that semi final you're talking about being one point away. They they led for ninety percent of that game. It wasn't until the last both of those minute games. that Spain actually hit the lead, and then even even right at the death, Paddy Mills had a free throw, which would have put them one in front. With well, we were one in front before. Uh, Bogut was called for a foul. So yeah, but then Paddy Mills had a free throw to go one. He was we were down by one. 
he tied it up, then had the oh, second yeah. free throw to go one in front with five seconds, missed it, um, and it obviously went into overtime and then a double overtime. But I think they can hold their heads up. They're certainly, you know, mixing it. You know, it's not just the 32 teams that were there, but I think there's over 100 countries that start that process yeah. to get there. My concern is I don't think you ever get the USA that soft, I think, come Tokyo 2020. That if you watch some of the uh, talk shows in America at the moment, they're not happy that, you know, that they're, they're embarrassed basically. That they that that used to winning that that it that it's a foregone conclusion, and all of a sudden they've come seventh. I don't think you'll see a second-rate USA team ever turn well, up to one of those comps again. Arguably, it wasn't even second-rate. It's probably their third-best side. I don't think you'll see you know, LeBron and and, uh, and and Kevin Durant and those guys, but I, I think you'll see. You know some of that next level down. But I, I think you'll also see a lot more um, support and interest in the NBL. Yeah, um, yep. you know, people have absolutely kind of got a, forgotten that we're actually pretty good at basketball. Well, I mean, you look at you look at even go back to Ben Simmons, like an Aussie guy, number one draft pick two years ago, Bogut, um, Ingles, all these guys now playing the NBL, which are doing really well. And and on the back of that, the NBL has, has definitely grown, like you say, and I think it'll continue to grow. Yeah, and then hopefully we'll be able to keep some of those better yeah, players. And, yeah, uh, and obviously Bogut coming back at the end of his career last year, although he went back to the NBA, yeah. NBA, but him coming back and guys like Joe Ingles and these other guys that will probably finish their career in the NBL. Hopefully next year we too we, we'll have Ben Simmons at the Olympics and maybe Dante Exum and some of those guys. So we can ho- only hope that we build from here and well, I mean, they, you, they mix you, it up. You look at that World Cup side, if you put Simmons into that, um, you know, and then the rest of the guys obviously perform what they did, it's yeah. Simmons in that team is a massive bonus. Huge. Um, so what we, we finished fourth in the end, yeah? Yeah. Just, just missed yeah. it. But we were, we were free throw from, from gold. Yeah, or playing for gold, yeah. We were smoked Argentina. They got done by 20 by Spain. So Spain first, Argentina second. Yeah, and we'd already beaten France, so it was unfortunate to lose. I think, you know, the Aussies spent a lot of energy, you know, in that in that semi final. But mm. good on them. I'm happy, but that was so close. Yeah. My missus is from Argentina, so she's stoked. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> take it back. I'll take it back. <laughs> but they they weren't they had zero NBA players, I believe. Oh Argent- yeah, they were they were going off more than we were. Yeah, um, about getting into the wow. into huge the for them. That's awesome. Oh, I'm, I'm looking looking at these beers. What are we going to go next? I think if we uh, we'll go to the Hornet, the Hornet. and uh, and then we can finish up on the on the smoke screen. So take us back to early days. Obviously, three guys, three mates in a shed on the piss came up with the idea. What? Where is where's Black Ops now? How many guys employed? Obviously, we've spoken about where you where you sell it, but yeah. So um, what size business now? So we started off just the three of us, and um, we we kept it that way for. Probably the first year and a half, two years, and that was just because we we couldn't afford to pay ourselves, let alone anybody mm-hmm. else. Um, and then um, we started to to kind of crack into some bigger markets. Um, the business started growing. We started to get some key in staff members on side because um, we were doing absolutely everything. We were doing the sales, yep. we were doing the marketing, we were doing the manufacturing and the deliveries, and we just got too th- spread out. Yeah. Um, so we we got some really good players on team and. Um, we're now, I think we're approaching 30 staff. Yeah, right. That's awesome. And what year, What well you said earlier, but what year did you kick off? Well, it was 2014 we did our, our first yeah, homebrew. So, so, so 2015, four years old. we started um, contract brewing and we opened our first site in 2016. 
That's uh, awesome. How long's the process from ingredients to the keg or the can? Depending on the beer, but you're looking around about three weeks. Yeah, righto. That's quicker than I thought. So there's some beers that go a little bit quicker. Yep. Some beers can go a lot longer. Um, you know, you can get your real specialty style beers where they're, they're lagered for extended periods of time at lower temperatures or, or even beers that are aged in, mm. in barrels and things like that. So this is our this is our Hornet. This is our IPA that we're drinking right now. So um, so what makes it an India Pale Ale as opposed to a Pacific Pale Ale or, a pa- or just a Pale Ale? So the the India Pale Ale is a is a style of beer that um, was kind of uh, first used in in context um, a few hundred years ago. We're talking like the colonial settlement times of England in yep. India. Yep. Um, so that's where the India part comes from. And um, so the so the legend goes is. Uh, England was uh, ferrying beer down to the the troops and uh, in India, uh, and um, to kind of survive those long, harsh journeys, they needed to to boost the alcohol and uh, and they also threw some extra hops in there for added measure to yep. to, to help keep the beer um, happy and healthy for the yep. long journey. Probably in wooden kegs back then, I guess. Yeah, so a strong beer. It was quite bitter. Uh, it's very different to the modern IPA that we drink now, which is kind of brewed a little bit more deliberately uh, and. Um, with specific ingredients for, for a different kind of outcome. We, we now drink IPAs extremely fresh um, as opposed to, to brewing them to last longer. Yep. Um, so in, in terms of like putting it into context, if, uh, if you took your, your pale ale and you kind of beefed up your alcohol and you beefed up your hops and your bitterness, that's what an IPA would be. Okay. Yeah, okay. So this, this, is, uh, this is our uh, IPA. Uh, this is actually canned today. Um, so I bought... Straight off the I line. I brought these cans <laughs> down straight off the line. How good's that? So it literally doesn't get any fresher than that. That's perfect. I'm glad I've just got to walk inside. <laughs> Mate, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's nice. a nice beer. The Hornet. Or Hornet. Get that into your folks. So what, how many... How many beers total are you, you guys currently making or selling? Or we um, just uh, in July we brewed our one hundredth unique beer. Wow! Um, which was uh, a limited release beer that we um, we called Number One Hundred, very um, orig- original and yep. well thought into that name, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was you know it was there to to really put the flag up and uh, and uh, congratulate the team and. And hit that milestone of, of 100 unique beers um, since we started. So, how many acti- are those? Obviously, those 100 are not all actively still in production. How no, many? No, so like uh, at our tap rooms, uh, as I mentioned, we've got 14 different beers yeah. available all the time. We've got different beers at both tap rooms. So, whatever, whatever's brewed at the pilot system in Burley, you can only get in Burley. And whatever's brewed in the pilot system at Big Rock, you, you can yeah, only right. get there. Yep. Um, to put it into another context, uh, last year we brewed 52 different beers, uh, and that was just pure luck that it was that number, but it was a beer a week. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and this year, we're, we're going to try and beat that number. Really? So they, a lot of those beers never make it outside the brewery as far as being... Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, we've got two so two pilot systems at both sites, um, which we use to, to kind of have a, play, a bit of play around with. We do collaborations and uh, and also recipe development that's... Um, we're brewing on the 
those like two to three times a week. Yeah. Uh, and those beers, yeah, generally don't make it outside of that particular tap room. Yeah. So straight to the taps. Yeah, and that's, you know, it gives uh, our locals a reason to come back every week. Yeah. Because every time they come in, we've got a new beer. And uh, for the guys that live closer to Burley, uh, if there's a beer at Bigger Waters that they, they really like, they've got to go up there to get it. Yeah. Uh, so we're not trying to make it harder for them, but we're trying to give them a, a reason to, I've to just visit both sites. I've just realised I could walk to the local. So. <laughs> that's definitely it's on the very cards. close. Yeah, that's on the cards. In Burley. Yep. So for for the listeners that to walk into a bottle shop or a, I guess a, a bar that has this on tap, what which one are they likely to see or is it what's the big so, what's going on the biggest? So we've got uh, eight beers in our core range, um, which are the ones you'll mostly see. So our, our Paolo, which which I didn't happen to bring today, um, I thought I'd bring some you know really special stuff with us um, for you guys to try. Uh, our send it, which you you, you guys were drinking yep. when I got here. Got <laughs> uh, so that's our session ale. Um, so you'll see that around uh, in most bottle shops and outlets. Um, that's send it's like our our kind of entry level pale ale. Yep, it's not a bad drop. We had that, that earlier. Nice. Yep. Um, our our hornet is is probably top three. Um, you'll also we also our eggnog stout, obviously, uh, and we have a, a raspberry saison called Pink Mist. Yeah, um, which is part of the core range. So. It's just something for, for people who are not looking for something not too beery. They might be looking for a cider or something else, and this is kind of uh, a different option for them. I was going to say to you, do you do a cider? I mean, that, you see that everywhere now, ciders, and I, I don't mind a cider every now and then, but... You would. It, when we... Uh, with a straw. <laughs> ever since we started, it was probably the, the two most common questions I got asked is, when are you going to do a ginger beer, and when are you going to yeah. do a, a cider? Uh, and I said no for, for years. Um, and eventually, I said, you know what, stuff it all... I'll do both. So yep. we actually have a ginger cider. Mm. Sounds good. So we better get one of them. Did you uh, you see any of the fights over the weekend? No, but I saw some replays that were pretty gnarly. So Tyson Fury w- went at it yesterday. You see that one? Massive cut above his head. Who did he fight? Some bloke. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Some bloke? Yeah, some bloke. The Korean guy? Yeah. No, no he was, I think he was Swedish. Uh, went the distance, which was surprised me that it, uh, an un- unknown guy would go the distance with him. But he had a nasty cut above his eye, and he's basically spent the whole t- fight protecting it. And he thought it had come from a headbutt. So I- if it's a headbutt and the fight stops, it's a no contest, I think. But it actually come from a punch. So if it had stopped, he was going to lose his belt and his lineal championship and the whole lot. But I guess when you're paying everybody's bills, I don't think that fight was stopping mm. uh, unless he was flat on his back. But uh, good fo- good effort nonetheless. And uh, hopefully we'll see him versus Deontay Wilder, maybe February. Let that cut heel. But uh, one of the uh, big UFC yesterday, uh, Justin Gaethje stopped uh, Cowboy Cerrone, which was... Well, uh, he, d- he actually stopped and yeah. the ref didn't. <laughs> yeah, that was... They're obviously mates, so yeah. he literally cocked his hand and was like, "Do I still have to keep hitting this boat?" Like, it was really? uh, yeah, because he was clearly wobbly, and he was just feeding them to him, and he's like, "Really, you know, do I do I have I got to keep throwing them?" And he said that said as much after the fight. He's like, "Mate, he's a mate of mine. I'm not going to beat. I don't want to hit him, him unless I have to." And he'd cl- he'd already won the fight, and he's like, "Stop the fight." Yeah. So it was it was a bit wow. odd. Yeah, it was a shame. I'm a big fan of Cowboy. He just. He's not. Uh, he's he's in the, in the ring every couple of months, which is you know I guess when you're at that level, you've got, he's 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 a hall of famer, but still obviously to 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 make the living, he's in there every couple of months. But uh, well, also while we're talking about it, we spoke about it last week, but 
Mundine and John Wayne Parr has been confirmed. I'd already confirmed it. I confirmed it on the show oh, last week. You're promoting it, eh? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm keen to go there and November, watch Mundine get knocked uh, out. Middle or late November, I think. So that'll be um, that'll be awesome. JWP, that's that's who we're going for. Yeah, local boy. Uh, really hope he smokes Mundine and puts his he he's world famous in the rest of the world, but. You know, th- does not get the the props that he deserves in Australia. Well, it's got to be it's got to be Mundine's last fight, surely. I mean, he keeps saying last, last, but John this has got to be it. John Farnham, right? Oh, that that Hornet is good. Yeah, that's a nice beer. That's about all the sport I had. So I wanted to. You got any more brewing questions? Uh, no. What else did you have on your list there? What's the best? What's the best thing about owning a brewery? Other than the obvious, like beer on, beer on tap. What's the best thing about owning a brewery? Um, I mean, it's it's pretty Drinking obvious. Drinking free beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I think you know everyone starts a brewery so they can drink with their mates for free. Yeah. Um, it's really difficult when you when you have a wife and kids and you have to explain that you know you have to go to all of these different <laughs> breweries and drink beer and it's it's called work well dilsey and i've sort of been in jobs <laughs> where what we call work and what other people call work are two different Do things but surely you got days where you just you could not be screwed to have another beer surely oh absolutely like i'm i don't uh i don't drink beer all day every day i certainly did in the the early days uh yeah but you know it's a it's a pretty uh, serious ship these days, and, mm. and there's a lot of work to do. We're, we're absolutely so. Flat you, out. What, what are the HR policies like at work when it comes to obviously? Oh, uh, if like the the we still have HR policies, and and they're kind of written to be as professional as possible. But yep. you know, if you if anyone else read them, they'd be like, "This is these guys saying <laughs> that." He's like, what do you, mean? You, can have a, "You can have a beer at lunch." <laughs> are you you still on the tools yourself as far as brewing, or you're more in the? Yeah, I'm kind of on and off. Yeah. Um, so. We've now got uh, four brewers, four full-time brewers, uh, and we've got like a packaging team that, that make up our production team. Yep. So I'm, I'm kind of at the head of that team. Um, so my, most of my job is just making sure that they've got everything they need to do their job. Um, and also training and, and quality aspects. Um, but uh, we, uh, our canning line operator just recently left. So I've been back on the, on the canning line, hence why I was... Running a little bit behind today, but, <laughs> uh, but I had fresh cans for you guys. Yeah, yeah. You so I make sure that I. So I still you can be late any time <laughs> you like. Yeah, I still keep my hands dirty enough that I, I know how everything works. So how does it? I mean, you said earlier last year you brewed fifty-two beers. How does, how does the idea to come up with a new beer? Is it just let's take one that we've already got and add a bit of this and add a bit of that, or is it? We we usually don't find that the um, the ideas for the beers are, are difficult. They yep. they come from so many places, and now we've got such a big team. Like we get inspiration from so many different places, and um, we've got a number of different uh, programs, I guess you call them, that that kind of help fuel that. Um, for instance, one of them is like um, as for our staff members after they've been with us for a year, they get to brew their own beer. Yeah. Um, so I get to work with them on brewing their own beer and whatever they yeah. want to do. So. That's really kind of cool to, to kind of work on uh, our new recipes with staff members. Um, did you have a Did you have a chocolate and coffee stout there? A we while do. Ago? Yeah, yeah, it's on tap at Big Rewarders right now. Actually, I'm in. Yeah. That'll be me tomorrow. <laughs> can I get a Can I get a, like a growler full of that or something? Let's or? See what I can do. <laughs> That's me all over chocolate and coffee. 
Sorry, I didn't mean. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I was. I've been fantasizing. I saw that on your. Saw that online. I was like, that is. That is just heaven. Yeah. So we've brewed with a lot of different ingredients. Um. So I guess we're we're never um shy on a on a new idea. Yeah. Hmm. Question I had: If you weren't a brewer and you could have been, you could have gone pro in a sport. Which, which sport would it oh, have been? Oh, that's easy. Golf. Golf? Yeah. I, I still might one day. Yeah. That's like, that's my retirement plan is to be a pro golfer. You, you get, the, get some tips from this You don't want to do that. So, so I'd yeah. rather be a brewer. You it's, got, a, you got a golf story for us this week, Dilsey? No, I don't. Come on, dirt on someone. Oh. This bloke, Gov's, this bloke's sitting on a gold mine of dirt just on all the big names across the world. A few more, uh, what have we got here? A few more Hornets. <laughs> we might come up with something. Went to college with some of the best in the business. You play a bit of golf, Gov? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, good. Yeah. So it's uh, it's the one thing when... Uh, Beers and golf is... When I'm not brewing... Um, uh, I'm playing golf. It's normally yeah. a pretty good combination, a few beers and a game of golf. Absolutely. All right, I want to I crack the... L- feels wasteful. I'm going to have to sit here and slam these all after when we finish, but I, w- I want to crack the last one before... We've got, we've got a series of questions that we finish the show on with, with, with every special guest. Um, so what are we going for next? What, what do we got? What do we got? So for the last beer, um, we're going to try... This is a little bit of a special one. So this is part of our... One of the beers part of our recon series. Uh, so this is one of the beers that... You can only get from the tap room. Um, so this was brewed up at Bigger Waters. It's called Smokescreen. I feel uh, like I need to crack this and then throw it at Dilsey. <laughs> so it's a it's a cotton black hops take on a, a Roush beer or a, or a smoked beer. Um, so um, it's beer that is brewed with barley that has been smoked over, um, in this case, uh, jamwood. So we smoke the barley ourselves or with the help of our local cattle farmer. Yep. Uh, and uh, we brewed the beer with with that barley. So I won't say too much more. I'll let you guys crack it open and have a whiff. Oh, fuck, I'm triple parked. Swear to God, Dilsey, we're going to have to put the How explicit sign on this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. I'll shout you. You're going to have to. Oh. oh. Do you know what? I was going to ask you, can mm. can you put bacon in a beer? Yes, yeah, that's, so that's, that's, that's exactly so what we did. <laughs> Oh, hints of, hints of bacon. Have you ever seen that M- Melissa McCarthy skit where she's like in a in a focus group on a, for like a ranch dressing? I don't know. People at home that have watched Saturday Night Live will get it, but I was going to take the piss and go like, oh, has, it, has that got some bacon in it? And that dead set, that smells so good. Yeah, that's... Oh. oh. <laughs> that's my new favourite beer. So, yeah, it's a really uh, very traditional style out of Germany um, and made with smoked m- smoked barley. So, um, bacon doesn't necessarily smell like bacon. It actually smells like the, yeah. wood, the wood it was smoked yeah. over. So, that is um, sensational. by smoking the barley with wood, you actually get that real strong bacon aroma. Yeah. Obviously, a bit of an acquired taste. Um, but, yeah, I thought I'd, I'd kind of expand your horizons a little bit today. That... That is sensational. That is just... Oh, folks, do yourselves a favour. Pause the podcast. Go go and get yourself a can of Recon Series Smokescreen and then hit play again because this is unbelievable. Yeah, it's a nice beer. I could have that with breakfast on a Sunday morning. It's got bacon in it. I often do. <laughs> do <you? laughs> that is so, so good. That one's only at, 
bigger waters? Only bigger waters, and uh, you know, there's there's probably only a so couple of cartons left. So when you stop it in there tomorrow, when you say only at bigger waters, people can still go in and buy a carton and take it home with them. Uh, we we normally put a restriction on um, how much you can buy yep. in one transaction, just to try and help um, spread the love. Yeah, that's good. All right. So I forgot to word you up that there's there's three questions, um, but I'm going to get into them. If we look, if we we could stop the clock and go deeper dive into it, but that's all right. It's sort of like you know rapid fire. So the first one is favorite place in the world for a beer. Burley Heads. Burley Heads. Black Ops Brewery. <laughs> some of the bars in Burley that have got some Black Ops on tap. No, nah, I'd be up at Burley on Burley Point on a point. Sunday afternoon with a few a few of these cans. Ride, Absolutely. Ride the Treadley up there. Yeah, well, ride the Treadley. Hopefully, like the surf's good. Let off let off some firecrackers. Why not? You're a, you're a local, right? You yeah. went. You used to go to point parties for sure. <laughs> <laughs> right, I like it, Burley. All right, his next one. Favorite athlete of all time, Tiger Woods. Tiger. Hand, Tiger. Hands up. Who's met Tiger Woods? You not met him? Oh, there You've we met go. him, you bastard. Right, I last one. Any four people from history over for a barbecue. So I'll bring him back, alive or dead. Who do you invite and what are you cooking? Oh, fuck. That's a fucking hard question. And what are you drinking? <laughs> well, black Ops. Well, that's a no-brainer. It's Black Ops. So four people over history. All right. Yep. Let's, uh, let's go. Let's let's go. Elvis. Elvis. Be, I yeah. like it. That's the first good. Elvis, yes. I reckon he'd like some you know, good barbecue. Yeah. Um, who else? Um, someone. Controversial. But uh, Tiger getting the gig? Well, he's still oh, he's still alive. Oh, yeah, alive. Alive. alive or dead? Oh fuck! Well then, it's, you know, let's let's get Tiger in on the mix. Yeah. Why not? Uh, so we have got Tiger Woods. We've got Elvis. That's a good mix. How's the ladies That's that are going to follow this barbecue? <laughs> <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> behave! Behave! Uh, Genghis Khan. Yeah. Another good barbecuer. Do you know they say that most people have got Genghis Khan's DNA? Yeah. Because they went around raping and pillaging. That's, that's really odd. Sorry, just, a, just <laughs> an odd stat there. It's a Joe Rogan fact, so I don't know whether it's true or not, but uh, allegedly. Yeah, yeah. That, they, was that right? Yeah, I think that's right. They went round and basically <laughs> doing what they did. They they, they changed, um, as far as I know, they changed the carbon footprint of the planet by going around killing people. All right, you're at three. So we've got, we got Elvis, we've got Tiger and Genghis Khan. Yep. Uh, Freddie Mercury. Oh, what a combo. I'm coming. That'd be yeah. an awesome can, party. Can I come? Sounds like a fucking epic. I'm, I'm in. I, you've, you've won. You've won. That is the best foursome we've seen. What are you cooking? What are you cooking them? Um, well, if Genghis Khan's coming, we're probably cooking Freddie Mercury. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Well, I don't know what, what more I can say after that. That, take, that takes a cake. Uh, Govs, Black Ops Brewery. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, Thanks for coming so in. So, Burley, where are we? What, where, what address? We've got to send the viewers down. We're just out Gardine, Gardenia Grove in Burley Heads. Um, but yeah, Proper put, put it in your phone, put it into your, your smartwatch. You'll find us. And, uh, and um, socials? You've got social medias. It's Black Ops Beer. Where, uh, what was the other one? Bigger Waters. Whereabouts are bigger? So, we're just on Pine Ridge Road, uh, across the road from the Norco factory. Yep. Oh, I know where you are. Yeah, yep. not far cool. down from uh, Harbour Town. Cool. And, folks, thanks for listening. You know where you can find us, at Beers and Banter. Uh, I'm going to finish these cans of uh, Black Ops and uh, 
Finish the chat. Thanks, boys. Awesome. See you, boys. Thank you.